0: Hello, good evening and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon. Hello, good evening. Welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, brought to you guys by Manscaped.com. Um, preview show. We're back. We're looking ahead to another Premier League game, Arsenal's second of the campaign. Now, I want to apologise first of all that this broadcast is coming to you guys a little bit late. Um, we've been doing them at around about 4:30 PM UK time uh, every day uh, between 4:30 and 5, and I've seen you know so many of you have been joining us regularly so i do apologize that this one was out of sync a little bit in terms of the timing but unfortunately um work is work and sometimes it gets in the way and um yeah uh we have to uh we have to do what we have to do um i'd much rather sit here and talk about arsenal of course uh but we're going to do it now better late than never and of course we've got a premier league game to look ahead to uh, arsenal entertain west ham united it's our first home game of the Premier League season. Um, lots to discuss, um, you know, so much going on uh, sort of in the transfer window at the moment. Not so much involving our club. We, we Obviously, we've got Gabriel in, we've got Willian in, um, you know, Saliba joins us and, and we've done some business. Uh, Martinez has gone out the other way. We expect others to follow. But, the big news today, and I I know it's not Arsenal related, but I felt like I had to discuss it a little bit, is, of course, Tottenham bringing back uh, Gareth Bale, which is a massive deal for Tottenham. And, and, and there are a lot of Arsenal fans out there who are kind of sitting there going, you know, it's £20 million on a loan. It's crazy. It's stupid. Why would you do it? Um, but a small part of me, and and I don't envy Tottenham in any way, shape or form, but why would I? They've not... You know, throughout my lifetime, they've won a handful of things and they've never really competed at the very, very top level for a sustained period of time. Yes, they've been to a Champions League final. Yes, they almost finished second in the Premier League one year, almost. Um, But this is very much a deal that will lift them lot. It, It will lift that club. There's no doubt about it. Bringing back a legend. It was like when we brought back Thierry Henry, you know, a part of you was a little bit like, Is this the right thing to do? Is he going to be able to live up to the expectations and and live up to the sort of legend that he created in the past? And a lot of the time, it doesn't happen. Sometimes it does. But I just thought it was worth touching on that because I I actually disagree with those Arsenal fans who say that actually it's not a good deal. I think given their, their dreadful start to the season, given that they had a poor season last time out as well, I actually think it's a massive, massive boost for them. And add to that, they brought Region in as well, who is a, a very good left back, someone a lot of clubs were interested in. And I think they've done some good business. And I don't want to talk about them for too long, obviously. Um, but I just thought it was worth mentioning that because it is the big news story of the day. It is the big football story in the world at the moment. You know, him returning uh, to his uh, sort of former club, it, it was always going to be a big story. So fingers crossed for us, it doesn't work out as they had hoped. But let's move on. Let's talk about Arsenal. And of course, um, as I said, it's West Ham United Saturday night. Strange kickoff time. Um, You know, normally 5.30 is the latest Saturday kickoff. But of course, given sort of the restrictions that are still in place with regards to people attending games, we've seen that, you know, uh, the games are all being televised, even continuing into this season. And of course, for that reason, Arsenal's game has been moved to an 8 p.m. kickoff. Now, what am I expecting from this one? Well, let's have a quick look at some of the statistics and some of the, the background of this fixture uh, between Arsenal and West Ham United in the Premier League. So I'm just sharing my screen with you for those of you guys watching us on uh, YouTube or, or any sort of video platform at the moment. Um, we've played 48 times in the Premier League, Arsenal and West Ham. Arsenal have won 31 of those. At West Ham have won just eight And there have been nine draws between the two sides. If we go back down the recent meetings uh, last season, Arsenal beat West Ham by a goal to nil at the Emirates Stadium. Also one on the road as well. 3-1 that day. The season before Arsenal actually got beat at the London Stadium. I was at that game. um, Horrible day that was. Um, and of course, uh, earlier in that campaign, at the start of the 1819 campaign, we defeated West Ham by three goals to one again at the Emirates Stadium. And prior to that, it was 4-1 to the Arsenal. So West Ham have only come out on top in one of our last five meetings. So should we be particularly worried? It's a Premier League game. Anything can happen. You should never be overconfident. But I do feel like this is a game that Arsenal should win, that Arsenal... Um, go into as the overwhelming favourite. So when you look at sort of the form guide as well, well, you know, Arsenal won three of their last five Premier League games. Of course, that goes back into last season. West Ham won two. They only had one defeat, though. We had two. But the form guide at this moment in time for me is is useless because we're in a new season um, and it kind of goes out the window for me. So I'm not going to pay a great deal of attention to that. Before we sort of go into sort of my starting 11, my prediction, which we're going to be doing on our preview shows going forward, I want to talk a little bit about Mikel Arteta's press conference that he gave uh, this afternoon. It's always interesting to hear what the manager says. Um, I've learned that this season we're going to be doing previews after the press conferences because, you know, you, you don't know for sure what the injury news is. You don't have the updates uh, to be able to make sort of informed predictions. So it's always good to listen to what Mikel Arteta has to say uh, ahead of the game. Um, And he was asked, of course, about Aubameyang's future and he was asked how good it is um, for the club that it's done. Now, what I found really, really interesting about this was Mikel Arteta, he said that he felt confident in the last few weeks. But he did admit that when he first came to the club, he feared that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang would leave. He wondered if the player was going to stay, if the player felt his future was elsewhere. And I think Mikel Arteta was not the only one. You know, we were all worried about it because Arsenal were in such shitty form. It looked as if we were going nowhere. Mikel Arteta had come in and inherited a mess. And I think right from the very beginning, we all got that feeling that you know, Mikel Arteta was the right man, that he was going to put us on the right path and that we could improve under him. But it was a question of whether Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang was willing to stick around or not. And and Mikel Arteta spoke very frankly, very openly today. And I really actually enjoyed his comments around the Aubameyang thing. I enjoyed the honesty. And, and that, you know, even though Emery's English was bad and the communication was a struggle at times because of that, I still never felt that even when we did get what he was saying, that he was being completely honest with us. And I kind of, you know, you don't expect your manager to say everything. You don't expect him to spill the beans on every issue that surrounds the club. But that sort of honesty, when it's possible to give the fans the full story, I found really, really refreshing. And I really enjoyed listening to Arteta today. And he he openly said that, you know, he worried um, and that he thought that Aubameyang had doubts as well. And what I found most interesting about that was it was actually contradictory to the comments that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang made when the contract was signed. Now, I know when players sign contracts, when players do deals, when they do the PR, you know, when they do the interviews, they say things that are cliches, like it was never in doubt. Um, You know, my mind was always made up. Well, according to Mikel Arteta, Aubameyang's mind wasn't always made up. And why would it have been? Arsenal were traveling in completely the wrong direction. So it's not a case of me sitting here saying, I can't believe Aubameyang said that when actually the manager's saying he had doubts. It's not that at all. I'm not annoyed about it. I just found it interesting and a lot more believable than what Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang said when he when he kind of said, you know, I never had any doubts. I was always going to stay at Arsenal. Well, actually, it seems that wasn't the case. And, and understandably so. Um, he spoke about a variety of other topics as well, and he spoke about how, um, you know, how he has enjoyed working with him, how they have a really transparent relationship, how they've been very clear with each other, uh, and how important Aubameyang was in his plans moving forward. I don't, I don't want to dwell on Aubameyang because we've um, we've talked about that enough this week, but um, he did, Mikel Arteta made a point of saying that the club have really made a lot of effort here. It's so almost as though he's again trying to bridge that gap between the fans and the club, the owners, um, by sort of making it clear that actually Arsenal have really stretched themselves to make this Aubameyang deal happen. And, you know, we hear certain figures banded about, but we don't know how much of that is taken into consideration bonuses. I've read contradicting reports, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know exactly what it's costing Arsenal because I don't, I'd be lying if I did. Um, But we know that it's a big contract. We know that it'll probably, if all the bonuses are sort of met, we know that it'll make him Arsenal's most expensive uh, player. And we know that Mesut Ozil is already pretty fucking expensive. So it tells you a lot about the size of this deal and how the club have gone out on a limb. Um, He also admitted and, and has sort of has come uh, to fruition in the last few days that some other clubs were interested in Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Mikel Arteta didn't name him um, and why would he? But we understand that Barcelona were one. We also understand that Inter were one. So Arsenal receive a huge boost going into this game. We we picked up a uh, a win in our opening game of the season, an away win. And that's always really encouraging for Arsenal because of how bad our away record has been in recent seasons. When we pick up away, a win away from home, it's not a given anymore. It's not a common occurrence anymore. So when it happens, you know, you should value it. You should enjoy it and and see that actually, you know, if we can continue to do this, put a little run together, it shows that we're, we're on the right path. And this season, it's all about building momentum from the start. And it's kind of a shame that we've got to go to Anfield after this game because you'd have liked Arsenal to put three wins in the bag, four wins in the bag before having a game like that. But look, the fact is City, United, they're a game behind us, both of them. And therefore, even if they were to win their first two games, and we did get beat at Anfield, in terms of keeping up the pace with those two, the damage has not been done yet. Of course, they've got games in hand, but you still need to get, win those games and get the points on the board. So in in that way, it's not the end of the world um, that we get Liverpool out of the way. But, you know, it's just... It's not ideal. I'd have liked us to, to play West Ham, to take all three points, hopefully to move on to another game and get a few wins on the board and really push forward. Um, but it's not to be. Um, well, I say it's not to be. We might go and win at Anfield, but I think that'll be difficult. I think it'll be a tough task. But again, it's about building, isn't it? And if Arsenal give a good account of themselves uh, on the day, then I think I'd be pleased with that, regardless of the result. So it's about building. It's about momentum. Unfortunately, there's a chance our momentum may be disrupted with that game. But if it is, then we've got to show that mental strength. We've got to show the, as the Ian Dowie used to call it, the bounce back ability um, and just get on and move forward. Um, What else did Mikel Arteta discuss uh, that was uh, sort of worthwhile? Um, He spoke about Emi Martinez's departure. He basically admitted that that departure was, was down to finance. Um, He also said that he made it clear to both Emi Martinez and Bernd Leno that neither of them were were number one or number two and that the role was something that they could fight for throughout the course of the season, which I found really, really interesting as well, because my kind of perception was very much that Arsenal had told Emi Martinez that he wasn't going to be the number one, clearly, bluntly, and that's why he probably wanted to go. Um, But now I'm starting to wonder if actually Emi Martinez was the one driving this transfer and it seems that he may not have been because, as I said, Mikel Arteta made it very clear that this was about finance. This was about raising money. He did speak earlier on in the window about the fact that Arsenal were going to have to make some difficult decisions with regards to a number of players, if they were going to achieve what they wanted to achieve in the transfer market. I think as fans, we will know that. As fans, we will understand that. Um, he didn't mention Ronarsson by name, but he did say that a deal was very close. And we've had reports this evening uh, that Ronarsson has attended uh, Arsenal's training ground. He is there. He is undergoing a medical and he's talking and, and meeting, well, he was meeting with his teammates and the staff. So, um, it feels like that deal is very, very close. And whilst, you know, you could argue that Renarsen is a downgrade on Emi Martinez. And when you look at his career to date, you have to probably say that it is. Arsenal will be making a profit of uh, approximately 15 million pounds by moving Martinez out and bringing Renarsen in. And it just backs up that point that it was all about finance. It was about Arsenal trying to identify someone that they felt was good enough to be a number two But at the same time, being able to move out Martinez and and look, Martinez done brilliantly in the last few months. And I, I didn't want to see him go. I've got to be honest. But from a business perspective, it makes absolute perfect sense. And if you think about what we would have got for Martinez prior to Bern Leno's injury and what we have got for Martinez, then the two numbers are worlds apart. So. In that aspect, it's been a positive for Arsenal. And, and when Ars- in, going into a window where Arsenal probably thought that there would be more interest in some of the other players, the Torreira's, the Gendouzi's. And, you know, in Torreira in particular, there's been some interest, but I'm yet to be convinced anyone's ready to meet the club's valuation of him. You know, we hear about Torino, uh, but they're very much trying to do a deal where they get him on loan uh, initially, they pay the sum later on, um, or they pay in instalments, which is not ideal... Um, but look, we can't sit and criticise them because that's what Arsenal do uh, or have done and can, will continue to do with a number of deals. So, yeah, um, it's, you know, it's sad to see him go, but that was very much why, um, you know, Arsenal done that. Um, he was asked about the, the big names we've been linked to in midfield. And of course, Arteta keeping his sort of integrity intact was not going to sit there and talk about other people's players. He just said, sorry, unfortunately, I cannot talk about players that are not at our club, but I appreciate the question. I thought that was an interesting comment. Um, He was asked about Messer Erzil. Surprise, surprise. Could he be involved? He said, I think they've all been training really, really well and the spirit at the training ground is great and we are happy because everyone is pushing each other. So let's try to maintain that. Mikel Arteta taking the opportunity to sidestep that question about Mesut Ozil. He doesn't want to answer it. He doesn't want to get involved in that Mesut Ozil crap, that debate that has been raging on among Arsenal fans and among everybody else um for years and years now. It is just it's draining, it's tiring, it's boring. Um so let's not spend uh, too much time on it. Um what else have we got here? Um he spoke a little bit about Willian. He said he was great at Fulham, decisive a player with tremendous quality. Um, and yeah, I mean, he was asked, of course, we, we spoke a little bit about it. He was spoke about Bale, uh, what that means. He said the Premier League in his history has always had the best players in the world. And I think Gareth has been one of the sig- most significant names that left the Premier League years ago to go to Spain. So I think it's really positive to bring really important players back to the league. And it'll be a challenge because we know at his best what he can do. So, yeah, you know, there is, um, there is uh, lots and lots sort of uh, of different subjects that he went through. Um, he spoke a little bit about Jack Wilshire. We're not really going to go into that. Um, David Lewis is available tomorrow, but I'll come on to talk about the team news in a little bit more. Um, he was asked about Reece Nelson, who uh, could be on his way out of the club on a loan deal. Uh, he was asked point blank on whether Reece Nelson will go out on loan. And he said... I think they'll realize the competition we have in forward positions. I already spoke with Reese about it and I like the way he's training. I think we both agree about how much he's improved in the last few months and he's going to carry on pushing himself and the rest of the team. He needs to be ready because in football, unfortunately or fortunately, things don't take three months to change. It can take three minutes and you have to be ready when that opportunity comes. So um, he never said that the guy was going Um he suggested that an opportunity could come along for Reese Nelson this season and that he's got to take it, which is, you know, absolutely right. Let's move on to um, sort of the team that I would go with uh, for tomorrow night's game. Of course, we've spoken through the press conference. If you're joining us a little bit later, uh, feel free to scroll back afterwards and check it out. Um, Get your likes in. Um, Let's have a quick look on YouTube at the moment, how many of you have like the stream. Um, and again, I apologise uh, for the fact that this broadcast is going out a lot later than it should have, really. Um, but smash the like button if you haven't already. Uh, big hello to everyone in the live chat box. Get your questions in as well. If you've got any questions, put them in the chat box. Uh, put a queue at the front of your question so that I can pick it out. And uh, let me uh, go through my starting 11 for tomorrow and then I will come back. Uh, to the chat box, so get what you need to get in there now. Uh, Right, just going to share my screen with those of you who are watching us on YouTube. There you go. Right, so as you will see, my team is exactly the same as the one that played at Fulham. Now, a couple of question marks in here, and you'll probably want to know why I've stuck with some of those players, and I'm going to explain it. Um, I want to talk about uh, about some of those some of those issues um, and why I've gone sort of the way I've gone. So Bern Leno, without doubt, is Arsenal's number one now. Of course, we've been speaking about that. Emi Martinez is gone now. I don't think anybody thinks that Matt Macy is is, is ready or uh, has convinced the coaching staff that he's ready to step into a Premier League game just yet. Runar uh, Runason, uh, who we believe is very, very close to joining Arsenal, has yet to join Arsenal And of course, the deadline to register him for tomorrow's game has passed. That was midday today, so midday on Friday. Uh, That was the deadline. Arsenal failed to meet that deadline because the dip has not yet been completed. So my back three was Tierney, Gabriel and Holding again. Um, Of course, David Lewis is back available again, but how fit is he? Um, It is one question I would have. And I want to make it clear, I do believe that David Luiz is very much a part of Mikel Arteta's plans this season. So I don't for a minute think that this means anything um, other than he's just not 100% fit and the other guys did well at Fulham, so why would you change it? I guess that's kind of my way of looking at this. Uh, What I liked about Arsenal's defence against Fulham was was the flexibility that it had. And there have been a lot of questions about whether playing this formation is going to allow us to be able to break down those teams that defend with a low block. And and I very much expect West Ham under David Moyes to be that kind of team. Now, I'm going to guess that they're going to play this kind of formation. I don't think off the top of my head and I could be wrong. So forgive me if I am. But I don't think that David Moyes is someone who plays with a back three. So I've gone with a back four uh, for the opposition, just sort of for the purpose of these examples. But I mean, I think a lot of people question whether this formation was able to or would allow us to break these teams down who play with these low blocks. And what I actually think this formation gives us is an incredible tactical flexibility. And, you know, we talk about it all the time. Lacazette will will be the central striker. Aubameyang, where he can, uh, will join him as almost a second striker in that kind of inside left half space in between. Uh, the the fullback and the centre-back. That's where Abamyang operates. That's where Abamyang's at his best. And that's where we've seen Aubameyang, uh, you know, find the far corner on countless occasions in recent times. It's a really um, dangerous space. It's a space that Abamyang enjoys exploiting. And this formation allows him to do that. Why does this formation allow him to do that? Well, because it's the way that it shifts. And I'll just move sort of the midfield a little bit forward to sort of demonstrate my example. Um, you'll notice that Willian, you know, whilst obviously he has a bit of license to drift in field, and we saw him do that to good effect at Fulham, Willian is very much um, a right midfielder. Whoever plays in this team uh, tomorrow in that position will do the job of a right-sided player. Whereas on the left-hand side, it's a completely different proposition. And if you remember when Mikel Arteta first come in to Arsenal, I used to describe the team as lopsided. And this is what I meant by it. The system is not symmetrical. Is that the right word? Where it's the same on both sides? It's not symmetrical. You've got one side operating in one way and the other side operate in a totally different way from a tactical viewpoint. And again, we're going to see that. And again, that's going to be what I believe allows us to create chances and to break people down and to cause those overloads in the, in the key areas of the pitch. Now, Maitland-Niles will almost play like a left left winger at times. You'll also see him drift in field at times. And that's the beauty of this formation. It allows Maitland-Niles to do that, to get up on the left-hand side and allow Aubameyang to come inside whilst taking away defenders, attracting uh, attention. But he can also drift in field and make it an extra man in the midfield, which again causes the opposition problems. Why is Ainsley Maitland-Niles allowed to do that? Well, it's simple. Ainsley Maitland-Niles is allowed to do that because the personnel... In Mikel Arteta's defense, allows him to do this, and it allows Kieran Tierney to shift into the left back position, a position he knows very well. His natural position, uh, Gabriel can shift over one, Rob Holding can shift over one, and Hector Bellerin just stays back um, or, or is a little bit more conservative than Ainsley Maitlandazi's. And then all of a sudden, you've almost got like a four, a bit like a four, four, two, but if Willian joins in the attack as well, kind of becomes a four, three, three. And Arsenal can almost shift over like this as well if they want to. And that's the beauty, again, of this system. I keep saying using this phrase. It is the um, it is the it is the tactical flexibility that this formation gives us that has made us able to compete against the bigger sides. But where we had question marks around whether it will allow us to break down some of the smaller sides, whilst I take confidence from the performance at Fulham, I've got to I've got to stress the the fact that it was Fulham and I fully expect Fulham to be relegated this season. So you want to see it done against better opposition. Are West Ham the team that we're going to sort of learn a lot from this weekend? Probably not. But what what you can guarantee with regards to West Ham under David Moyes is that they're going to be organised, is that they're going to be disciplined, they're going to be drilled. And so if Arsenal were able to break down West Ham, create opportunities against West Ham, then again, that's another step in the right direction, and it will go another step in persuading me that this formation is something we should probably stick with. Now, just running through the personnel again, um, I, I didn't change anyone in the back the, the back line again because of the fact that I, I'm you know I feel like they played really well at Fulham. Therefore, there's no real reason to make those changes. Um, Gabriel looked extremely accomplished on the ball. Um, which I really, really enjoyed. He looked very strong in one-on-one situations. Aerially, he was very dominating. Of course, we know that West Ham carry some aerial threat from set pieces and stuff. So again, I feel like he'd be useful. Um, what you might see, well, I I, I don't know. I, I thought about maybe um, Rob Holding coming out the side for David Lewis to come in. But then that would mean David Lewis playing on the right side of the defence because Gabriel and Tierney are both left-footed. Is that a problem? I don't know. Um, Mikel Arteta has been very, very clear that he wants left-footed centre-backs to play on the left-sided position. So if David Lewis did come in and replace Rob Holding, you you think it wouldn't make sense for Gabriel to then move into the right central defensive position given he's left-footed. So I'd stick with this for now. For tomorrow's game, I'd start with that. We know that David Luiz is touch and go. Uh, Mikel Arteta says he's available, he's feeling better. But considering we heard last week that that injury could potentially be something he was out with for months, I think it's probably safer uh, to leave him out of this one. And as I said, Tierney's comfortable in the ball. or will shift into that left-back position. Gabriel's very comfortable on the ball. I thought Rob Holding looked pretty good at Fulham as well. So I would stick with that. Those are my reasons uh, for selecting that back line. I think with David Luiz coming in, unless you're going to move Tierney into a left wing-back position, it becomes a little bit too left-footed there and a little bit lopsided for me. And I don't see that as being a major, major issue. Um, I've never really seen it as a major, major issue when centre-backs have to play slightly on the wrong side. But given how Mikel Arteta banged on about it and how important it was to him to get a left-footed defender in when he bought Pablo Marie, then I feel like he would probably be um, less inclined to to make a selection like that. So that's the back three I'm going with. Ainsley maitland as I've been talking about, I think he's done really, really well in that role. Um, funnily enough, I didn't think that he's he had his best game last weekend, but he was still effective. And he was effective because of the role that he was playing, because of what this role allows him to do. Um, it allows him to get, into certain areas in which he can impact the game. It allows him to become that spare man. And as I said earlier on, if he drifts into the midfield, he becomes that spare man alongside these two. If he gets up front, uh, going down the left-hand side, he attracts attention over there and he becomes a spare man in the attack. Um, someone that they probably, well, the opposition, haven't accounted for. Particularly if Bamiang starts from a wider position here and attracts the attention of the fullback and then comes inside. Well, you're not just going to let Aubameyang go. And by Aubameyang taking that player with him, we create this overload on that far side. Uh, And Ainsley Mettlenars will get in a position where he can cross, where he can pick someone out. Um, Granted, his deliveries haven't always been great there, but it's still creating that overload. It's still creating a problem for the opposition. Um, So he stays in that role for me at the moment. Until we're in a position to move Kieran Tierney out of the back three, then Ainsley Mettlenars stays there for me. Hector Bellerin, I think he's improving week on week. Um, I think we're starting to see something closer to the Hector Bellerin that we all loved all those years and the Hector Bellerin that we all like to see. So he continues. Granit Xhaka continues. Really, really important player for Arsenal. Um, Someone that has had his fair share of criticism in the past, but I think has become a linchpin of this team and has, has proven under Mikel Arteta that he is a very, very key member and key player and someone that I believe will be on the team sheet pretty much every week. Uh, alongside him, I went with Moel Nenny because quite frankly, he's done fuck all wrong since he's come into the side. He's been steady. Um, there's a bit of a steady Eddie, is uh, Mohamed Elneny. You're not going to get anything spectacular out of him, but he patrols the right areas. He defends well. He uses the ball. Um, I'm not going to say with much imagination, but he uses the ball effectively. He recycles possession. Physically, he's a presence as well. And, you know, I thought he was actually really unlucky not to score at Fulham. Um, I thought he showed some really good composure on the edge of the box when he took that touch, took it away from the defender and then went to sort of reverse it back across the goal. And he completely uh, wrong-footed Rodak in the Fulham goal. But fortunately for them, a defender got a block in. But yeah, Elneny stays in the side for me. Um, Look, Danny Ceballos is back, but he's got to earn that place back. You know, of course, you can take into account how they've been performing in training uh, throughout the week, and only Mikel Arteta will know that. I'm not privy to that information, but I, I can only base it on uh, on the games I've seen. Um, front three, Yang, standard, guaranteed starter, captain, main man, talisman. Um, hopefully, he'll be sort of buzzing now that there's not going to be any talk about his future anymore. Alexander Lacazette through the middle, who I think has been really impressive in his last few performances, playing that false nine role, um, being a a nuisance for the central defenders, causing all sorts of problems. So Lacazette through the middle for me. And I went with Willian because how can you drop him after, after that display? I thought it was sensational against Fulham. I thought it was really, really good. And he showed all the qualities that made Arsenal or persuaded Arsenal to bring him in and to offer him that three-year contract. So, yeah, that's, that's my side and it's unchanged from the side at Fulham. And I know you're probably looking at this and going, well, why has he spent all that time? He could have just said it was an unchanged side. But I wanted to explain my reasons uh, for those selections um, and sort of my thinking behind those, uh, those choices. Of course, Mikel Arteta may do something completely different. I can't, you know, I'm not, I can't see the future. I'm just going with what I think would be the right side so that would be the right side uh, for me in terms of predictions I'm going to go with an Arsenal victory um, I'm pretty confident that Arsenal will have too much for West Ham United I've gone with a 2-0 Arsenal win on 90 min earlier this week so I'm going to stick with that let me know your predictions in the live chat box as well we're going to come over to the live chat box now and take some of your comments uh, a big hello to Jamie uh, to Tio, to Melvin uh, to Damien. um to jamie well jamie again says the stream was scheduled for nine yeah i had the stream scheduled for eight um but as i said work got in the way um and then it automatically changed to nine i didn't change it to nine. um I, I was back by quarter past eight so i wanted to do it as soon as possible uh big hello to carrie tanninen from uh, espo in finland uh to rest um Big hello to the Arsenal granny, to Hugo Brito from Vancouver, Canada. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Clive, just touching on that Bale stuff. We were talking a little bit about that earlier on, and I'm I'm conscious of not making this a, a show about Tottenham and Bale, but it is something that is newsworthy. It is a massive story, and... Um, yeah, I think it's a great deal for Spurs as well. And and it's the lift that it gives to the club as well. And, you know, nobody I don't think is expecting Bale to come back and be the Bale that left the Premier League all those years ago. But, well, you know, you could argue he's improved at Madrid. But as in, he's not necessarily at the peak of his powers anymore. Maybe we're looking at a, a Gareth Bale who isn't the Gareth Bale that won the Champions League with Real Madrid. Fine, but it's the boost, it's the lift it gives the club. And at a time where... They were giving, actually, their chairman quite a bit of grief this week. Um, you feel like he's gone some way in in, in saving face by doing this deal. Um, right, let's go to your questions. Joe says, uh, how far do you think we can go this season? And do you think Willian will play more or outplay Pepe? So in terms of how far I think we can go this season, I think it's really hard to say until the transfer window slams shut until we know not only what shape we're in, but what shape our, our opponents are in, uh, those who are going to be competing alongside us. If you're asking me now at the current time what the state of play is with regards to, to how we're doing and how I think we we can finish, I still think that even with this Arsenal squad, we've got to be aiming for the top four. I think we'll probably just about miss out um, unless we make some some further additions. But I feel like that has to be the aim. right? You aim high, right? You don't aim for for low. Um, so you aim high, you aim for the top four. But as I've been saying throughout these last few months, if Arsenal were to miss out on the top four by one, two, three, even four points, that would be a massive improvement on where we were last season. And you've got to be a bit logical. You've got to be understanding. You've got to be realistic and say, you know, it, it is a tall order. We're not talking about a league where there's just two or three powerhouse teams. You know, We're talking about Manchester City, Liverpool, Manchester United, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal. You could argue Wolves will be there or thereabouts. You could argue Everton, with the business they've done, could be there or thereabouts. There are at least eight teams vying for those top six positions, which makes it really, really difficult, really, really competitive. It's one of the beauties of the Premier League but it does make our task that bit harder. Do I think William will play more or outplay Pepe? I think they'll both be used a fair amount. Um, You know, we talked about William being in really good shape for his age and that he's expected to figure quite a bit. But ultimately, we are talking about someone who is going to need to be protected a little bit by the manager, given the number of games we're going to have. And, you know, being in the Europa League again, we're in the Carabao Cup, we're in the FA Cup. You know that there are going to be... a huge amount of games for Arsenal to contend with, and everybody's going to get a fair crack. And I do believe that under Mikel Arteta, it's going to be a case of you get your place, you play well, you keep it. Um, you don't play well, you lose it, and it's as simple as that. So, yeah, um, I think they'll both figure uh, quite a bit. Uh, Callum from Sunny Glasgow, he's going with three-one to the Arsenal. Um, yeah, I think you're not the only one um that thinks Arsenal are going to win. Um. is is a fair shout as well. Um, Clive, just on my team selection, he says I would put Xhaka, Sabas, Pepe and Willian in midfield. Let's smash West Ham United. Um, Let's see what else we've got here. Uh, Carrie asks, should Arsenal get a younger coach to work with Arteta, who could be the next great one, like Arteta was when he worked with Pep in Man City? It would be nice if someone became available that Arsenal felt could add something to the staff, to add to the team. I believe that Mikel Arteta's brought in his own people. Well, I know he's brought in his own people already. And I believe that he would have done that with a view to them progressing, with a view to them being assets to the club for the longer term. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it would be nice, but not essential, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I really feel like... It's about Arsenal now. We, we need to get to where we need to get to. And the other things, they're kind of luxuries. You know, if you get another coach, it's great. It's nice. But ultimately, it's about getting, um, getting our sort of selves uh, to where we need to be. And if it means we use experienced coaches who know what they're doing, because that's what Mikel Arteta feels is best. And that's the way to go for me at this moment in time. Uh, Helgi says, uh, question, how do you think the scoreline will be tomorrow? And who will score the goal? So I've gone with an Arsenal 2-0 um, goal scorer at Uh Got to be. Uh, I'll go Aubameyang Lacazette. There you go. Um, let's see what else we've got. Big hello to DJ Funksy. Um Finally caught us live. Keep them coming. Thank you for tuning in, mate. Um, glad to have you here tonight. And uh, fingers crossed we take all three points tomorrow and we'll all be in a bloody good mood. Um, let's see. Uh, Jay Bowling asks... Harry, is there any news on Hussein Awa yet? Arteta refused to speak about it in the press conference. There were some comments from uh, somebody at Lyon. Um, I think it might have been the president who said that he didn't think awa was joining Arsenal because a bid has not come in yet. I've had some sort of information this evening by way of sort of text message from a usually, and I stress the, the word usually, reliable source, that uh, Arsenal have made an offer now. Um, or at least reading an offer of around about £42 million and that that deal is going to be done. Now, still a long way to go. And I've got to stress the point that I'm not in the know. It's what I've been told. I'm repeating it to you guys. But again, I would be sceptical about that. I would remain open minded because you never bloody know with this stuff. Um, So much can change. So much can happen overnight. Um, You know, so, yeah, I'm still relatively confident that the deal will get done. I'm still confident that we would land one of our midfield targets, as I've been saying, throughout the course of this transfer window. Two, I think, is a bit of a stretch. Um, But if this is true, if Arsenal have made progress in their sort of pursuit of Hussein Moua, then you have to assume that there's been progress with regards to someone leaving the club. Because it's very clear that we need to raise funds in order to do those deals. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Uh, just scrolling through your live comments. Um, Neon Panda says, um, any update about Ozil for tomorrow's match? Um, I, I touched on it a little bit earlier on. Mikel Arteta said in his pro- he-, he just dodged the question. Mikel Arteta completely dodged the question about Mesut Ozil. I can't see him being in the squad. I really can't. Um. I'd be very surprised if he's even on the bench, which I think is a bit of a shame um, because, you know, there is a player in there. There is a player who can offer us something, but it's clear that the relationship has broken down and, and that he's not seen as being fit for purpose anymore. And it feels strange when you're paying that sort of money to someone for them not to... You know, not to feature, not to not to impact games, not to give you anything. And I do look at the bench sometimes, and I feel like when I look at the bench, I say to myself, "Come on, man." Um, you know, he's better than some of those players. I, that does come across my mind a lot. You know, it does, and but obviously, um, you know is what it is, um, is what it is. I don't see that situation changing. I don't see that situation being resolved. So there you go. Uh, Harry asks, hi, Harry, would you take 70 million for Pepe? Yeah, I would. I would. Um, I think Arsenal have seen some of their younger sort of wide talents develop significantly in this last 12 months or so. And, you know, I like Nicolas Pepe. I think he can bring something to the team. I, I was a little bit sceptical at first. I was a bit concerned by some of the early performances we saw from him. But I thought he got better as the season went on when he did play. Certainly a player in there. But 70 million would allow us to do some really major business and to do some surgery in some areas that are, I believe, more urgent than on the flank or, or more in need of attention than the wide positions. You take into account that Martinelli's coming through, that, that Saka's coming through, that Nelson's there, that come coming now, that Abamyang is playing from one of those flanks. And you just kind of do think to yourself, actually, you know, 70 million for, for someone like Nicolas Pepe would do us the world of good. So, yeah, I would I would take that. I've got to be honest. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Uh, Charlie Lord says, evening, mate. Who do you think we need more out of Partey slash Awar with re- the recent performances of El Neni. Do you think it will be Awa who target more? Um, I, I, I've always leaned towards Thomas Partey just because, and I say it over and over again, but because I know more about him. I've watched him more. I can make a more informed judgment on a player that I've watched regularly over someone I haven't watched regularly. I don't watch French football. Um, so I've got to be honest. Very much into my Italian football. Um, I watch a fair amount, I would say, of Spanish football. But outside of the Premier League, my interest really is Serie A. And because of that, uh, you know, I can't say that I know a massive amount uh, about Hussein Moua. But yeah, I, I still lean towards Thomas Partey because I feel he brings you more in terms of physical presence. And I feel like that's what Arsenal need. I feel like Arsenal would want to be in a position where they can play with three forwards without them ever worrying about sort of what they're doing behind them. A bit like Liverpool do, where they're very much reliant on those three to provide goals, but they can do that because they have that freedom, because they know there is a solid midfield sitting in behind them, um, sort of covering those spaces, fit enough to cover the ground, to cover the distance. So, yeah, I think, um, I, I think Partey would be the one for me, um, but as I've said, I'd be delighted if we got either of them. I, I am excited by the prospect of a war um, and I'm excited by the prospect of potentially Partey, so one or the other. Do I think the performances of Mohamed Neni will impact that? No, I don't. I think if Neni continues to play the way he is, he'll be a welcomed addition to the squad in terms of someone who can fill in when needed. You, you do feel like he will, um, you do feel as though Mohamed Elneny can be trusted in a Europa League game, for example, in a cup game, even in a Premier League game, that, that he would do you a job. As I said earlier, it's never going to be spectacular. It's never going to be progressive. It's never going to be game-changing. But there is a certain standard at which Mohamed El Neny performs consistently. And so I think he's a useful player to have within the squad, yeah? Um, Kungu Simon says, do you think Saliba will play tomorrow? Um, hello Harry thank you for your presentation bro it's love that Um, I'm pretty sure and I just want to double check this um, that William Saliba played for the under 23s and I'm just double checking that because I'm pretty sure yeah uh, William Saliba played for Arsenal's under 23s um, tonight uh, against Brighton and Hove Albion in the Premier League too so William Saliba will not be involved um tomorrow he's not going to play under 23 football and then play for Arsenal the next day I was I'd seen that earlier on and I just had a bit of a blank moment and I just wanted to double check before I went out and said that but yeah uh, some of you guys are, are, are commenting um and backing that point up uh, that Saliba played uh, 90 minutes with the under 23 so he's not playing uh, tomorrow but I guess that uh, another 90 minutes in his um in his sort of in his bag will be good and, and we hope that moving forward he will uh, be fitting off and ready and rearing to go to play a part in our Premier League campaign as well and I think it will be sooner rather than later. Um, one final question I'm going to touch on um, and then I'm going to give you a quick message from our sponsors and then we're going to uh, lock it off from there Friday night go and enjoy your evening's I'm sure you've got better things to do than listen to me ramble on. Uh, Smith P says, uh, Question, why are we so pessimistic about achieving great things this season? Fans need to show more faith. Chelsea were placed 10th in 2015-16 before winning the league in 16-17. I'm not... I, I don't want to say that I'm pessimistic because I don't think I'm pessimistic. I think I'm realistic. And I have said it for ages. I feel like we need to make significant strides in order to finish in the top four and a a lot of those strides are going to be dependent on the transfer business that we can do and given our financial situation it doesn't feel like Arsenal are going to be able to get all the business done that they want they can't do a complete overhaul in one transfer window or even in two transfer windows it's going to be a process it's probably going to take two seasons before Mikel Arteta has something like the squad he wants moving forward so yeah um that's uh that's my take on that. I just feel like it's gonna take a little bit longer um five six eight six Daryl says this guy just talks in circles really annoying. maybe it's annoying um but there's plenty of people tuned in, and ultimately, if you don't wanna watch it, you don't have to. The fact is that you are watching me on a Friday night, so if it's that annoying, question why you're not doing something else, but there you go um anyway. Uh, right, let's bring you guys a quick message from our sponsor. And of course, our sponsor is uh, the brilliant, the very brilliant uh, Manscaped.com. Um, if you want to get your body hair uh, looking as sharp, as tidy, as neat and as trim as the Emirates Stadium pitch, then why not check out the Lawnmower 3.0? Uh, fantastic product, uh, very popular product. And I've seen that they become... Uh, partners with wolverhampton wanderers yesterday so there's qu- clearly a uh, big promotion going on uh, manscaped are getting themselves out there and why not it's a fantastic brand and uh, as you will see rolling across the bottom of your screens now if you uh, enter our discount code chronicles afc you'll get 20 off and free shipping on your order so that's chronicles afc in capital letters check them out have a look they sell other products as well check out the website manscaped.com and we thank them for supporting this podcast because without their help um it wouldn't be possible to do as much content as we are currently doing and at the moment we're bringing you daily content and each of the days of the week we sometimes we'll throw a weekend in there as well uh, depending on what's going on right um Topher says hit the likes please do smash that like button um if you haven't already, subscribe to the channel if you're new. We are very, very close to hitting 9,000 subscribers on YouTube. So we're almost there. I think we were about 100 off um, when I uh, when I uh, jumped onto this stream. I had a quick look. So if you're new to the channel, please hit subscribe. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to be back very, very soon. Thank you to everyone in the comments. Thank you to everyone watching on Facebook, Twitter, Um, YouTube, listening on audio. Love you all. And we'll be back uh, on Sunday looking back at Arsenal's game against West Ham United. So until then, take care. Have a great weekend.